course, uh, a huge LNG Canada announcement, uh, one that's been speculated about for a little while, uh, confirmed late last night and made super duper official this morning. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, what does this mean for the province? Oh, it's a spectacular day for northern British Columbians. It's a spectacular day for uh, the entire country. Uh, an investment of this size means jobs, it means hope, it means opportunity for, uh, for kids, for families, uh, and many who, as you know, have been struggling in the north. We've had uh, some tough times in the forest sector. We've had tough times in mining. Uh, to have a private sector investment of this size, this scope, uh, is, is very, very welcome, uh, certainly in Kitimat, certainly in Fort St. John. But I would argue uh, right across the province, this is going to create opportunity for small business development, opportunity for training. Uh, it's, a, it's a really positive day. It was good to be there with the Prime Minister and uh, a group of uh, investors from literally around the world, five massive companies that have looked at BC and given us a vote of confidence. Give me an idea of the timeline. If I, uh, if I sort of read the tea leaves on social media correctly from people covering the event, it sounds like construction is a go right away. So uh, how does that ramp up and, and when are we going to see this thing come online? Well, it certainly begins today. Uh, the uh, joint venture partners, when they make final investment decision of this magnitude, uh, and again, you're, you're talking about Shell, Petronas, Co-Gas, Mitsubishi, uh, PetroChina. These are massive companies. And when they make a capital decision, they spend the money. They start right away. It's, there's no more humming and hawing. There's no more uh, blueprints. There's no more sketching on the whiteboard. This is happening. And it literally starts today. Now, that means about 10,000 jobs over the course of the construction of the pipe uh, from uh, the, the Montney Basin in the Fort St. John area through to Isla Territory in Kitimat, and uh, potentially as many as 900 jobs, uh, permanent jobs, in Kitimat. So it, it, is, uh, it is massive. It is starts today. And the benefits, as I say, will not just be felt in the north. We're going to see uh, through the fiscal framework that we developed in the spring. Uh, you'll remember when I announced the fracking review so that the public could have confidence that the extraction of gas in BC had world-class standards. We also announced a framework for LNG development or investment in LNG uh, that, that made us more competitive with other jurisdictions. And, uh, and now we're in a position where we will see some $23 billion in revenues coming to the province for schools, for hospitals, for, uh, for transportation. And, and this, is, this is absolutely transformative for BC. A lot of the same arguments have been made for the Trans Mountain Pipeline, John, and that's something that, that you're not uh, all that uh, up for. So in your mind, what's the difference between this project, which also involves a pipeline, and the Trans Mountain one? Well, certainly it's the scale to start with. Uh, Trans Mountain was in the $7 billion range, where this is in the $40 billion range. And that, that's an order of magnitude that's pretty significant. Uh, in this instance, uh, LNG Canada will be using largely uh, gas uh, developed in British Columbia, which will create more jobs in the, uh, in the oil and gas sector in Fort St. John, in, uh, in Dawson Creek, in the Fort Nelson area, hopefully as well. Uh, and, and the uh, Trans Mountain Pipeline would not have seen the same level of job creation in B.C., would not have seen uh, B.C. resources getting to higher price markets. So there's quite a difference between the two. Uh, there's also the potential catastrophic impacts of a bitumen spill uh, versus uh, the possibility of a gas uh, issue, which gas, of course, vents into the atmosphere. You don't want to see that happening, of course. 
but uh, it does not stick to rocks. It does not adversely affect wildlife. As far as offshore goes, uh, Premier, uh, again, I mean, some of the same issues with Trans Mountain as with this. You're going to have LNG tankers going back and forth. Uh, that may have repercussions, orca whales, that kind of thing. A lot of similar issues there. Uh, how do you foresee that playing out? Well, certainly uh, the uh, Port of Prince Rupert is, uh, has been growing in leaps and bounds. There has been more traffic coming in and out of Prince Rupert, moving goods and services, Canadian goods and services to other markets. Uh, but the, uh, the difference between the North Coast and the South Coast are significant. We have our major metropolitan centres in the South uh, that have a marine economy and also the, the advantages of our uh, environmental uh, magnificence in, in terms of tourism and other opportunities in the South. Uh, in the North, uh, the increase in traffic through uh, through Kitimat and Prince Rupert will be be marginal relative to what would have been the case uh, with Trans Mountain. So I, I think again we're we're comparing apples and oranges. And with respect to southern resident whales uh, that are in distress, and there's great concern about that, and I share that concern. Uh, the resident population in the north, uh, orcas in the north, transients and residents, uh, is quite robust. So I don't think we have the same challenges there. The, also the um, the salmon issues in the north are not the same as the salmon issues in the south. So uh, if, if I was looking at the perfect place at the perfect time, uh, the Kitimat uh, site is ideal. It's a brownfield site. Uh, it has been in, there for industrial activity in the past. The city of Kitimat is an industrial town. Uh, they're embracing this investment. Uh, indigenous communities right across the corridor are going to see opportunity for economic activity, for cultural and social renewal as part of reconciliation. So there's a whole host of benefits in the north that have not yet been demonstrated in the south, and I think that's why you see uh, different attitudes from uh, from the community, different attitudes from Indigenous people as well. Uh, Premier, on the environmental side, uh, Mr. Weaver, as I'm sure you're aware, has made some uh, pretty interesting comments about this, uh, chief among them that you can't have an LNG facility and, and uh, meet your greenhouse gas reduction goals. Uh, you're going to table a climate action plan, and I, I know from past comments you, you figure you can achieve it, but uh, how, how do we get that done? Is there, what, what's in that plan that's going to mitigate those greenhouse gas emissions? Firstly, I'm optimistic that uh, British Columbians have been leading the country in discussions around uh, climate action going back, actually, to the 1990s. Uh, uh, Joan Sawicki, uh, the then Minister of Environment, had the first climate action plan in North America. And we have been working uh, different levels of government, different stripes of government on that for the past 25 years. So I'm confident and optimistic particularly when we have someone of Mr. Weaver's caliber, a climate scientist who's passionate about this, uh, as part of our team putting in place the plan. And we've been fully transparent with him. He's been working with us to try and make sure we can fit this in. Uh, but he, he uh, can certainly speak for himself. I, I, I don't want to uh, in any way diminish his concern. But uh, I believe that we have to focus on driving down emissions in other sectors if we're going to have this type of investment. That means more transit, that means more electrification of the economy, trying to get uh, more incentives for people to get out of uh, combustion engines and into electric cars, making sure that our housing sector is built with the state-of-the-art technologies. And when we have $23 billion in revenues coming to the province, we can make strategic investments, we can put incentives in place to drive down emissions. So I've, I'm confident that the plan will work. Uh, there will be debate. That's fine. That, you know, the whole point of science is to have different points of view. And uh, I'm confident Mr. Weaver will make his arguments very forcefully. 
and we're going to do our level best to uh, address those arguments in the plan. Are we going to see the every dirty detail of the plan in this sitting of the legislature, John, or no? That's my expectation. Uh, Minister Heyman's working on that. That's the direction I've given him. But um, you know, the best laid plans, uh, we, we, have had, we have started to factor in uh, the emission profile of uh, phase one of uh, LNG Canada, and uh, that modeling is being done, I believe, as we speak. We were doing that in anticipation of the announcement. But now that we have a clearer understanding of uh, all of the details, uh, we'll be working with the not, not non-governmental organizations who are passionate about this. They'll bring their expertise to the table. We have a climate action team that includes industry. It includes environmental organizations, academics, indigenous people. And it includes, of course, very most importantly, um, Mr. Weaver's input. So we're going to do our level best to meet the expectations the public has of us. But I just can't, I can't uh, underscore how important this is to the, uh, the vitality of Northern British Columbia and the optimism that this brings to communities right across the north. And, and it'll have an impact in Kamloops. It'll have an impact in Prince George. But most importantly, think about Burns Lake, just gone through a horrific fire season where there was despair. Now there can be hope that there is economic prosperity around the corner. We want to make sure Indigenous communities, women, uh, those who have been left out of uh, industrial activity and, and economic development are full participants, and I think well on the way to do that. You've balanced the budget uh, to your credit, but it is uh, you know, not a massive margin, a little bit on the edge of the knife. Uh, as far as this goes, this is a massive economic boon for the province, as you've said. Does this alter or change uh, how you look perhaps at next uh, February's budget? Does it just give you potentially the option of some more breathing room financially or no? Well, certainly there's going to be immediate impact uh, on our uh, GDP going to be immediate impact on how the private sector uh, forecasters look at growth in BC. Uh, I spoke with um, a private sector economist uh, a week ago at an event uh, in the Lower Mainland, and uh, without giving away, because we did not yet have the final investment decision, I asked what uh, he thought, and he's been commenting on and reporting on growth in BC for decades. He's a prominent uh, economist that you would know, Jock Finlayson. I might as well say his name. I've gone around the horn on it. <laughs> Chuck was very um, circumspect and said, of course, um, an, an investment of that magnitude will have an, a positive uptick in economic activity. So he and others will factor that in. That'll have an impact on our bottom line at, at the province. It'll have an impact on other investment decisions. And I, the Prime Minister uh, being here today, I think, also sends a signal that we can have economic activity, uh, significant economic activity, and also hold proudly our, uh, our focus on uh, env the environment and particularly on climate change. So uh, these, these are all positives and, um, and we, will, we will have more room in our budget as a result of this, but we have a lot of challenges as well. As you know, we talked about this in opposition and in government. Uh, we need to make sure that our childcare plan is fully funded. We've got to build schools. We've got to build hospitals. We have to address uh, opioids and mental health issues. There's no shortage of challenges for the community this money, the money that will flow from this activity will help us, to be sure. Does it have implications on Site C at all, John, as far as getting that online? I assume uh, that one may impact the other. You want to electrify these things, yeah? Well, it's the upstream, uh, the activity in the oil fields is important if we're going to reduce emissions at the wellhead. Uh, and that's electrification has been underway in, in, the, in the oil fields for some time. Uh, this will uh, certainly Site C, the, the surplus power from Site C can go towards that. 
But uh, one of the challenges we will have, of course, is we have a significant labor shortage in British Columbia, whether it be uh, finding baristas for the coffee shop or, or pipe fitters for, uh, uh, for the industrial activity. And that means investing significantly in training, skills training for the next generation, and also making sure that we do have a skilled workforce to build public sector and private sector projects that uh, are piling up on, uh, on our agenda going forward.